Welcome, 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 everybody, to episode 189 of the Dinner Round Hyperlocal Podcast for Northern Michigan. I'm James Cook, joined by TV7 and 4 sports guy Harrison Beebe, minus Andrew Rosenthal this week because he uh, worked a lot over the weekend covering the Iron Man and all that. So it's just us two. Andrew's the real Iron Man, is what you're saying? Well, I had to take the day off. And well, I mean, if he did somehow do the Iron Man, which we probably didn't because he's a journalist, and, and because we, he's we Andrew, talked about last week, how we yeah. n- would never do that. Uh, he deserved a day. Anybody who did that yesterday, I think, deserves today off for sure. He, he earned it. He did. So. Probably stole one of the medals. Turned out right. We had some stories from that. A lot of photos in Monday's e edition of the paper. So check that out and online. First of all, though, we're going to get you fed. This week's winner of two free Jimmy John sandwiches is Vicky Van Ness of Traverse City for interacting with the podcast on Facebook multiple times last week, by the way. Uh, remember to share, like, or comment for a chance to win two sandwiches each week, courtesy of Jimmy John's and the Get Around. With that, let's put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world with the Pulse. Patriot game, week four, coming one week after the 20th anniversary of 9-11. What are some of your takeaways? What do you think about these two teams and how they match up? I think they match up pretty well. I know the last few years have been a little lopsided for, for Central in the wins. They got the I think the shutout was two years ago, and then they won pretty handedly last year as well. I uh, Due to personal reasons, I wasn't really involved in the coverage of last year's game at all, but I remember kind of following along with your tweets and whatnot and what was going on. And, uh, yeah, so Central's kind of had command of this rivalry the past two years when I remember back in this podcast a couple years ago, we used to joke that this game was like, almost automatically guaranteed to be a close one. And I even said on this podcast, go back and listen to one of the preview episodes, I said, you know what, statistically one of these games has got to be a blowout. It's got to happen. It's got to happen sometime soon. And in the in the past two scores, it looks like Central's taken that blowout approach to it. But now that we're here in 2021 and we've seen what we've seen from both teams in the first three weeks, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking we're going to go back to that uh, at least tight finish. I'm not saying it come down to the last drive, but I think we're going to have a four-quarter ball game on Friday night as opposed to the last few years when that hasn't been the case. Yeah, I think it'll definitely be closer than the last two years. Uh, you know, last year was 53-13. to 13. The year before that was 32 to nothing, both in favor of TC Central. Having seen all three West games this year and having seen two Central games, I think that they're a lot more evenly matched this year than that. It should go back to one of those closer games, like mm-hmm. we've mentioned. And what, the series is 14-12 to 12 now, so the series is even getting close. And Is West still ahead? Yeah, West is still ahead okay. 14-12. to 12. Early in the series, they kind oh, of... Oh, yeah, they... they <laughs> trust me, I went to TC Central in the 2000s. Yep, that was definitely their series. It used mm-hmm. to be a lot worse than that. We'll have the return of fans for the Patriot game this year. We'll have the return of... Return of, of Patriots. The Patriots, the cheerleaders, maybe Cam Newton will be there. Bands, concession stands, all that kind of stuff. All the all the all stuff the that we love about the game, besides the, the game itself. It thing. Yeah, and, and you mentioned before that the the game is going to be broadcast on regional TV. Yeah. Bally Bally Sports, Sports Plus, yeah, yeah, BSD so. Plus. Mm-hmm. Which I think is so not the main Bally Sports feed. That'll probably still be the Tigers game that night. But if you have a cable access, I believe. Channel 88 on I, I should know this. I'm pretty positive it's Bally Sports Plus. Mm-hmm. I think that's 88. I don't know why Charter, else they would cover the, the game if, if it wasn't on the second tier of the channel. Yeah. So, like, when those days where the Red Wings and Pistons both play and they got to overlap one or the other, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that game will get that spotlight. Yeah, uh, but that's just pretty cool. Extra little feature this time around, too. Although, you know, we know that there will be plenty of people watching in the stands and not on TV. But oh, yeah, especially after last year. Those those people want to get back to that game. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't wait to get back to that game, and I wasn't there last year either. So Just to get back to the pageantry of that game. The game itself is always it's always a big, day, big deal. I still selfishly wish it was the last game of the year, but I know uh, certain circumstances have gone ahead of that to make that where it is, and that's that's fine. I'm accepting of it now, but early on I was pretty irked that they moved it from the end of October to the early mid September schedule. Well, it makes it nice weather too. You hope that weather cooperates a little bit better in September I don't, than I don't need nice weather. It's a rivalry game. Yeah, true. It doesn't need to be nice weather for it to be a good game. They'll still, actually they'll still get 10,000 people. Adds an extra wrinkle to it if there's some uh, mother nature circumstances that are making it a little more uh, up in the air. You know, if one team throws a lot more than the other, they don't want mother nature to come into that either. As people refer to this that the Traverse City National Championship game. It's big for the school, it's big for the alumni in the town. Obviously, that's why so many people show up to this game. It's just a spectacle. Mm-hmm. 
to watch. I mean, it is the possibly. signature sporting event in Traverse City every year. Yeah, outside of one of these teams playing in the state championship or something, it's probably the biggest sporting event. And we haven't seen one of these teams play for a state championship since the school split. So that makes it the event, the thing to watch. I mean, even the amount of tailgating that goes on before this game mm-hmm. is, is just... Yeah, crazy. we still we need to find a way to get more parking at the Roby Field. <laughs> it's just crazy to think that people still have to park block. I, I guess that's part of the uniqueness of it, too, is you got to park, you know, five blocks down. Right now, down there near North Peak and walk all the way up just to get to the game. And if, if you're showing up late, if you obviously show up an hour early, you're probably fine, but... If you're mm-hmm. hoping on rolling in there right at 7 o'clock for kickoff, you get a rude awakening for parking and for waiting in line for ticket to yeah. k- get in. You're not going to see kickoff if, if, if you do that. In that case, you're hoping for that fourth quarter outcome like we were t- hyping up earlier. If I was going to be a spectator, I would try to get there early anyway because you want it, the, the pregame stuff is things that you want to be there for too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, and it's it's powerful stuff. You know, Every time you see it, it's, it's just impressive. Same thing at this service game. Down at Kingsley, you know. Yeah. Well, there's several several area teams do games like that. I think uh, Grayling Kalkaska play for the Guardians Cup. Forest area started one up. Forest area, Onekama, I think has one, or Sutton's Bay. No, I think it's Onekama's. So, yeah, more teams are embracing these. You know, salute. Yeah. You know, say salute to service, but that's kind of a that title for Kingsley and Glen Lake is a great way to sum up what what these programs are doing and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, giving back because obviously not everybody's going to make it down to Traverse City for the Patriot game. We've got great uh, veterans and servicemen and women that are all across the north and yeah getting an honorary uh, round of applause and a, a moment to soak it in on the field at least for all they've done for us is uh, pretty cool i can't imagine what it would be like to play in front of a crowd that big as a high schooler just to have that many people showing up to watch what you do that and imagine that one time every other year where all of your fans are on the other side of the building well, and you too, but it's on the sidelines. You you spent all that, you know, one season you're always on that sideline, the next one you're always on that sideline except that game. It's the one time every two years everything's like shifted. It's like a parallel universe. I've never even dived into that factor more, but it seems like it's an interesting element that one of those teams has to be the visiting team every other year. West still does the, the whole thing where they use they use the visitors' locker rooms all the time. Oh, West does? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then yeah. they're – so what happens if when they're the home team – when oh no, when they're at Thurlby, they use the they use the locker rooms on the uh, the visitor side and the uh, whoever they're playing. Just so, so it's so it was something that Tim Wuer started, so that when they play in the Patriot game, they are not in a different locker room than normal. So when they're the home team, they still elect to have the visitor locker room. Yep. Okay, I did not know that. See, that's one of the wrinkles. See, that's why you listen to this podcast for fun stuff like that. It, but basically, the reason I know about that is because I have to hang around after the game and do the interviews. So well, I have to go over to that locker. But you know, now that you mention, I guess that makes sense because I'm so used to seeing West run out of their little run through the banner and stuff on that side of the field. And I've always wondered, like, why do they do it on the left side? But that's that, that must be why. It's closest to the bathroom. That must be why. I'm not sure if that uh, new scoreboard is going to be up by the time the game comes. I didn't around, even know about a new scoreboard. Be, that'd be cool. Yeah, wow. they're 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 putting in a brand new scoreboard. It's going to be a video board and everything. On the what would it be east end zone, no, opposite of the, be the west end school. Zone. The, oh, so not the big one. They're putting a new one they're up by the softball field. Yeah, the that's the east end zone. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're putting a big. Oh yeah, I've seen the there. construction there. Yep, because mm-hmm. that's where we usually film our our film, segments film every the week. Jim, the Jimmy yep. John Sports, Sports Corner. That's also that's exciting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're not talking sports with James and Harrison while eating a Jimmy John sub, like, what are you doing with your life? Speaking of which, we went. My wife and I went into Jimmy John's this the other day. We were buying. We we just went in, bought a couple Got sandwiches. Got lunch. Bought a couple sandwiches, and the guy working the counter was like, "Are you guys local?" And we're like, we said, "Yeah." He's like, "All right, well, lunch is on me." Was that Josh? Yeah, it okay. turned out it was Josh. Mm-hmm. He was the owner. Yeah. And then I talked to him for a little while about the podcast and everything. And he, he didn't recognize he, you. Oh no. I thought he watched the Jimmy John Sports Corner segments every week. I figured he'd recognize you from that. Yeah, maybe, maybe he did. Maybe that's why he asked or something. I don't know. But uh, he he's like, you guys got a new guy because I saw somebody new on the on the Sports Corner the other day because Andrew was Andrew. There. Oh, yeah. so he does watch. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he does watch. So you got that going for you, which is nice. Well, and you got a free lunch, so you got that going for you too. Yeah. But don't tell everybody. Which was nice. Don't think there's like it's there's like a locals discount well, we like get, you're at the well, Crown Golf Course. We give somebody course. a free lunch every week. 
That's true. Podcast. You do. You send what free you lunches there every week. week. Yeah. Famished fans. Two free sandwiches every week. And then sometimes Pittsburgh tickets as well. Which it might be worth more than a free sandwich all based on how well, how great a team they are. Now it's all up for debate. Just like this ball game, it's up for debate. I guess we haven't even jumped into the X's and O's yet. You're you're kind of better at that than me based on you seeing all these teams. I've seen Central play a quarter so far this year, but I mean, West has the athlete. Obviously, we know Central has the athletes. We knew that from a year ago with the the Josh Burnhams, the Bordeaux, and the immensely talented roster that Eric Sugars has put together the last several years. But West, I mean, and we knew those guys were there, but I think they're really showing that they're, you know, the skirmer horns of the world and the Brandon Conchecks. Like, that's going to be a lot of impressive talent on the field. And not to say West didn't have that a couple of years ago, but I feel like it's more on an even playing field now than it, than it has been the past few years. Yeah, I think so, too. Um I've seen all three of West games and two of two of Central's, and and they seem to be much much more even than in past seasons. But you know, Central's got that offensive line. West's offensive line too has just been pretty big. Yeah, they're they're pretty big, pretty big, especially Danny Rosa. So they've just been able to pound the ball, pound the ball a lot of times with with Skirmer Horn right up the middle, and then suck the defense in, and then you can well, and I think open up the playbook. A bit. I think obviously West has gotten the best win so far this season. You could say Central's played the best team. I don't think anybody's going to argue against that. But West has gotten the best win when they defeated Cadillac last Friday. You were at that game, uh, what twenty one to seven? Was that the final score? Yeah. Yeah, so, um, not a blowout by any means, but I know they jumped ahead 14 nothing, and, you know, that's just goes to show that and Cadillac's a good team, too. You, you can't sleep on the Vikings. They're still going to have a, a, another team in Division Four that I think makes a similar run like they did. Years. I have seen Cadillac play already this year, um, but West obviously won that game in the end and kind of took control of it early, so... That suggests to me that that's, that's a team. Of course, you know, this time last year we all wondered what West would look like after that game, and they won every game after that until the playoffs. So, And, and we know about Central and the weapons that they have, you know, with, with Burnham, with Bordeaux, with that offensive line, and then Reed Seabay stepping in at running back, giving them some weapons there, and Dante Williams is a secondary receiver at, to Bordeaux, gives them another, another weapon there. So they can hit you from any number of places. And you know what? I just thought of a great nickname for Burnham and Bordeaux together. You can bring this up uh, if, if you have an interview with one of them later today. I don't know who you have lined up for the interviews yet, but Airbnb. There, there it is. I'm going to drop it Friday night. I'm going to drop an Airbnb reference. And they're going to be like, that was so stupid. Why'd you do that? You never know. They really like it. I call it, remember yeah. Ethan Campbell just back just in the day? Oh, yeah. yeah. Called, him le- back. called him Lethal Ethan Campbell. I always thought that was like cool how that played off and stuff. Nobody ever said anything to me until I covered his signing day, and it was either his mom or his dad. I think it was his dad pulled me aside. He's like, every time you called him Lethal Ethan Campbell, we always thought that was so cool. So I'm like, that makes it worth it right there. Everybody else may think the nickname was dumb, but his dad even thought it was cool. Of course, it was his dad, you know, any, any play on words that he was probably going to like. But So maybe J- Josh and Carson's dads like the Airbnb nickname. There you go. The birth of a new nickname right here. Right here in the game. Well, around. for two guys. I mean, how often yeah. do you have that? That's Tag team. Back again. Now we'll head into our athlete interview. That interview is going to be sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. podcast is glad to have in Trevor City West soccer players Josh Herschenberger. Thanks for having me here. And Patrick Gwinney. Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you. You guys have a big game coming up against uh, Trevor City Central on Tuesday. Big rivalry game. But before we dive into that, we will dive into the Freaky Fast Five and owe to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. So we'll start with I'll ask each question to Josh first and then Patrick. All right. How about that? What is the best nickname for a player on your team? I'm going to have to go with Brock for Colin Blackport. It's just a funny name that stuck when he was a freshman. Our assistant coach, Drew Nichols, like pronounced his name wrong, and it just kind of stuck ever since. And it just it's a funny name, Brock I, so we like that name. So. Yeah. Probably go with Will. His nickname is Squilly because people called him Willie, and then it just evolved into Squilly, and it's just a pretty fun name. I like it. So <laughs> Will Wears. Okay. Yeah, the story about Brock, that is like as funny as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. 
for sure. I just can't believe the people still call him that, like, mm. four years later. Yeah. That's um, all they call him. It's pretty funny. I know. Coach Grissinger said Brock when he when I was texting him oh. asking for some players and everything. Like that. I've, like, oh, I've never heard him call Brock Colin, I don't think, like, ever. Yeah. <laughs> Rarely. <laughs> yeah. That is one of the best stories. So who has the best hair on your guys' team? Or it could be Traverse City Central if somebody, you know, oh, if somebody oh. stands out, because you could probably know all those people, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with Caleb Nowak. Uh, Caleb's got some, he's got some good hair. It flows pretty well. Um, sometimes he puts it up in a man bun. Not the greatest look, in my opinion, but I, li- I think he's got good hair. It flows well. Go with Ben Shramsky, because he's got, like, almost like an afro. He's got super curly hair, and it, like, sticks straight up and stuff. It's pretty funny. He's got some nice locks. He doesn't have the man bun like Blade had last year, does he? No, no. <laughs> no one can beat Blade's bun. No. Pretty impressive. It was. So who is the best and worst dancer on the team? Best, definitely Pat Gwinnie right over here. He can break it down when we put that music on. He always gets out there, jumps around, gets hype, and it's pretty sweet when he gets out there dancing. Worst dancer? I'm going to go with Caleb on that one. <laughs> I think Caleb, so, I mean, sometimes he can be hype, but sometimes he gets out there and he starts just doing some random things, and it's just kind of funny, but... Yeah, I don't know. On just that kind one. of flailing around. Yeah, just kind of jumping around. But I'm gonna have to back Hirsch up on this one. I do think that I'm the best dancer on the team. I just, I don't know. My moves are unmatched. What are your favorite ones? Oh, I, I'm a big like shuffler fan. So like, I don't even know what it's called. Just, just a lot of feet movement and just like jumping around, really just getting everybody excited is what I like to do. So, for worst, I don't know. I don't. Maybe like uh, Luke Wiersma, just because. He's kind of uncoordinated, and when he tries to dance, it doesn't work out so well. Yeah. So it's pretty funny. Uh, what is the most fun thing your team has done together outside of games and practices? Uh, that's a tough one. We've we've obviously like gone out to like Applebee's and B Dubs after games. So that's always fun, just getting together with fans. And but we've gone golfing a couple times, um, just like as a team after practices and stuff, especially in the summer. And it's a lot of fun, you know, because some of us are good, some of us are not, but we just toy around out there and have fun. So, mm. Does everybody on the soccer team golf? I would say most of us, not probably everyone, but a lot of us enjoy golf, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, in the beginning of the season this year, we had a trip to Ohio, and before our games, we went to a bowling alley altogether, which was pretty fun, and it was really funny seeing some people absolutely, like, be terrible, and then there are actually some pretty good bowlers on the team, which is impressive. And thankfully, Blade wasn't on the team still. Yeah, Blade would have destroyed everybody. Pulled right? a perfect game or something. Yeah. yeah. 300. <laughs> something like that. Who is your favorite player on the team, excluding the one who is in the room with you right now? Ah, that's a tough one. I'm going to go with Ian Robertson. Ian Robertson just, he's just a hype dude. Like, he he gets out there. And no, like, he always plays hard, obviously, and does, does well. But I think the best thing about him is his, like, his just... Uh, he's just hype. He's just—he's a fun player to be around. He gets everyone hyped up. He jumps around. He's—he's he's a cool dude. So, yeah, I would probably go with Cooper Davis just because he's a longtime friend of mine, and playing soccer with him is just great. And he's a great teammate, and I was really supportive. And he's really skilled, and he's a great guy. So, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna throw in one bonus question. That's gonna be kind of the same one. All right. But who, so, who is your favorite player for Traverse City Central? Being that you probably know a bunch of these guys from playing and. Youth and travel soccer. Oh yeah, I definitely have to be Everest Noise. He's he's a really good player. He's a nice dude. Love playing club soccer with him, and he's he's just he's a good soccer player. So definitely Everest on mm-hmm. that one. And last week's guest on the podcast. Right, right. I'm gonna be honest. I so I play baseball in the springtime, and I haven't played club soccer for I don't think in like five years. So I actually don't know a ton of kids from Central, but. I'm not sure if he still plays or not, but I used to play with this one kid. His name was, like, Casey... What's his name? Casey Hyman. That's yeah. it, yeah. I mean, he, we were really tight back in, like, the middle school, and it was really fun. And I still see him around sometimes and say hi and everything, but I'm actually not that close with many Central kids. I try to keep the rivalry as strong as possible. <laughs> well, that is the Freaky Fast Five, and owed to our sponsors at Jimmy John's, so we'll get right into the regular part of the interview. So... What are you guys looking forward to? You have two days. We're recording this on Tuesday instead of Monday like normal. But two days from now, you're coming off a big win against Cadillac tonight. In two days, you got Traverse City Central. What are you guys looking forward to, to seeing there? I'm just excited for the first game against Central. Obviously, the rivalry, the just the hype around the game is always always fun. You know, big, big student section, fans coming out to support. And then, obviously, just playing guys you know is always fun. I mean, there's a lot of emotions in the game, but we try to keep it business and just 
play our best and it's just a really fun game really fun atmosphere to be around so yeah uh, i totally agree i'm really excited and this year's a little special because we're playing this is the first game that we're playing against them at their new field at coast guard so hopefully we'll come out strong and get a win the atmosphere is just always really great there's a ton of people that come and it's just a ton of fun Mm-hmm. I can't put it much better than that. And the next day is the Patriot game, so it's like back-to-back, really, which is great. Yeah, the, is that intentional? Because it seems like every year the Central West soccer game is the same week as the Central West football game. I, I honestly don't know, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there's something behind that. Just, to, just a whole kind of spirit week. Right, to line them up. Every week. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think quite often the volleyball game is, too, but not this year. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. It was, like, early in the summer. Oh, yeah, it was before school mm-hmm. even started. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty. That was a pretty raucous crowd there too. It was. Oh yeah, yeah. that was that was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, red, white, and blue themes. I that's think I always. remember seeing you there. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Me and Pat were both up on the front up lines. Up front, so. Yeah. Yeah. The couch. Yeah. yeah. Couch. Yep. <laughs> where did so where did the couch come from? Uh, so the couch is actually it stays its normal places in the student senate room, and then whenever there's like a basketball game or a volleyball game, they just like bring it out and put it in front of the stands. It's kind of like a silly tradition that is stuck, so it's really fun. And what was it like? Uh, you guys have played so many teams from Ohio this year. Is, yeah. Do they play? I don't know a different style or a different any any type of different game, or is it pretty much just same old same old soccer? I would definitely say, like, they play similar to a lot of teams downstate. They knock the ball around more trying to possess versus, like, like we play more of, like, kind of a counterattack style. Teams downstate tend to knock the ball around and possess a little bit more. But as far as, like, you know, it's not much different than teams we played downstate. But they're they're definitely good teams, though. So Yeah, I would I'd definitely agree with Josh. Their gameplay is more of, like, possession and then move on from there where we just like to go quickly. So, like he was saying, when we play teams downstate, it's a similar style, but all the teams we played from Ohio have been really talented, and but we've performed pretty well, too. So, yeah, our, our, our way holds up as well. Yeah, I mean, you guys got your first win against an out-of-state team mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, so. yeah that, was, that was a big win for us. Yeah, to win that tournament, too, right? Right, right, yeah. 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 For, the, for the first time? think winning the tournament um at least i'm, I'm not in sure a while that, but it's been a while yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> definitely not went out since freshman year we have not won yeah that so mm-hmm. was it weird playing against your coaches alma mater i wouldn't say it was weird i think you know coach made it clear like there's no ties with him to his old high school and he just wanted to beat him and, and we just wanted to play the best game we could and we held in there pretty well against them got a tie but I mean, I thought we played a pretty solid game so yeah i would agree yeah our coach made it pretty clear that he didn't want us to show any emotion or anything or him himself because that's just another team and we have to go out and play our game and do our best and yeah we came up with a tie it was a pretty even game i would say yeah i wouldn't say that uh his it being his former school really affected us at all does he tell you like old stories of like his playing days at bowling green and and back in high school yeah pretty often he does there's there's some pretty good stories that he has well, he just refers to himself as the brick wall at all times because he was a he was a defender in college, and well, I guess most of the story is probably yeah. I've I've one he he was uh, just talking. We were doing a scout on Strongsville and just kind of looking at some of their players and who was standouts. And he sent us a text and was like, "This number fourteen, like watch him score like an abs- what like a great shot and a pass and everything." And we're thinking, "Oh, this is a player on their team." But we watched the video and it's a clip of him back in high school. <laughs> playing pretty good against high school guys and it was pretty funny to see him yeah playing with them but right. yeah he has a lot of funny stories he tells us yeah what are your guys thoughts of the uh, football team leaving the the big north conference one less one less big north conference title you guys can win as a school right yeah, yeah. the other football yeah yeah i it doesn't really affect us actually because we're seniors and it yeah. it will happen next year but i think that it'll definitely be interesting because we'll probably play some more talented teams Trevor City normally dominates the BNC in football and a lot of other sports too, so it'll be interesting for sure. You guys worried they're gonna kick West out of the soccer? Um, been, I could see it. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I could see it happening. I think, um, like, obviously, like I have a lot of respect for the teams in the BNC, but I think it, it's not a bad idea either, just because seeing different teams, different competition is always good, just to mix it up, you know. But yeah, yeah I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. I mean. Yeah, West has been. I don't. We've won the conference the last eleven, uh, straight eleven, years, so. eleven straight years. So 
with the level that we play, we normally go pretty deep into playoffs, so it might be a, a good thing for us, actually. But the BNC is great, too. So. Mm-hmm. Are you guys probably going go to go uh, to the football game on Friday? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. How, how sure. cool will it be to have, uh, just like when the volleyball game that you guys were at, to, to have all those things back that you didn't have last year, the, the fans, the you know, for, for football, the cheerleaders, the band, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. I am like head over heels excited. That's that's my favorite part of high school is student sections and everybody getting together and having everyone at the Patriot game again will just be fantastic. And I I'm so hyped for it. I can't wait. Yeah, definitely. Same for me. I mean, having a year off from it was obviously tough. Like that's such a big part of high school. Like playing sports is fun. It's awesome too. But it's also about like going and supporting other teams and just having fun with your friends and being in the student section especially with a big school with you know the bucket brigade and um just all the fun stuff we do is just it's so much so much fun tonight was really the first time we had a big student section at a home game and it was just great having everyone because last year we obviously there were very few people in the stands so having everybody back again cheering is just a great feeling i guess in this the uh saginaw valley league thing with football it wouldn't be that odd for you guys because you play a lot of those teams anyway right and yeah so, we do and that's usually who you have to go through in the playoffs right right, right? yeah districts yep 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 midland those teams right midland bay city yep. yeah mm-hmm. mount pleasant mount pleasant i think is in there and then i think so that's it's gonna be the two midland teams the two bay city teams mount pleasant and the two traverse city teams mm-hmm. yeah will be that division and yeah. there's a more southern division yep. it's like flint and saginaw yeah have you guys ever been asked to kick for the football team Definitely, like, not by the coaches or anything, but, like, a lot of the players always come up to me and ask me to kick. Like, just, you know, why don't, why don't you play football? Like, you can just kick for us. It'd be fun. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I think it would be cool, you know, but it's just hard to do, with, obviously, with soccer. and Yeah, I've gotten a couple comments here and there. I actually, every, every like, Thanksgiving, I go out to the uh, football field with my dad and see how far I can kick a field goal, and I think... I think my father's field goal was like 35 yards. So it's pretty funny because our neighbor, my my neighbor is actually the kicker right now and he plays football and he just happens to be a kicker. But I don't know. It's, it would be hard to live up to Finn Durbin for sure because he, he could do it all. Mm-hmm. He was quite the, he could crush the ball. That was crazy. Yeah, yeah he looked like he should be playing linebacker. Yeah, right. really. He had the build for it for sure. I'm yeah. sure if he didn't play soccer, he would be... He'd be a football star. Yeah, he didn't look like a kicker when he had right. those pads no, on. Like, yeah, you know, if, if, he'd if be he, bigger he, than all the kids on special teams. <laughs> we would look pretty skinny. In right, pads, but, yeah. yeah. Finn was, right. was definitely he was, not. <laughs> he was something else. So you live next to Skirmerhorn? I do, yeah. I live right across okay. the street from the Skirmerhorns. Mm-hmm. Great okay. great friend of mine. Yeah. Well, we're all neighbors. Yeah, so. yeah, and he lives uh, in our yeah. neighborhood too, so. Okay. Right. He was on the podcast just a couple weeks ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Him and Will Gasson. Yeah. Oh, another great yeah. friend of mine. Love Will. <laughs> yeah, Love Will. Yeah, and then actually uh, Michael was the, the, the cover boy for our fall preview tab. Yeah. Did the big feature on him and his sister. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're fantastic athletes, all of them. So what are some things that you think most people who don't follow soccer really, really closely don't know about soccer? I think offsides is a big thing. Like, you know, when people – when there's a great pass and you happen to be offsides, like I got a few offsides tonight, and I think like people don't understand, like you know that you can't be offsides in the game. They think, oh well, like what's what's the issue? Like there's no foul or anything, but you know you have to make sure you stay on the right side of the defense before they play the ball. Um, I think offsides is definitely one a lot of people don't know about. Yeah, mm-hmm. I always try to explain the offsides rule to people, and I'm like, okay, I'm like, okay, do you know hockey? <laughs> and I'm like, all right. The last defender is the blue line. Yep. Right. <laughs> yep. Essentially. Yeah. Just move, yep. The blue line moves with the last defender. Uh-huh. Yeah. There is a lot of correlation between hockey and soccer and just ones on ice. I would just say that it, probably that uh, it's a lot more than just the games, you know, how we, we go to practice every day and we'll have practices on the weekend sometimes. And it, it's a big commitment, but it's more than just the game. Being part of a team like that is just really awesome because we're all really close and playing is great, but it's it's more than just the games in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, sure. the bus rides, right? All yeah, that kind of stuff. film, you yeah. know, yeah, all the watch, watching Top Gun and yeah. G's classroom, stuff like that. Yeah, it's just lots it's of great movies. Great, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As I say, what what fun things do you guys do on the bus? We always bring a big speaker. It's a tradition, you know. Generally, that we use it before game and then after the game. 
yeah on how the game goes obviously but beaker loud music watching movies that's yeah definitely movies are a big one speaker we always we have a like an anthem song that will play always after a big win wonderful pretty yeah wonderwall gets played after every home win it's a it's a great tradition uh, hearing that after who started that cooper kirby cooper I think. kirby yeah I, I don't know how it started up or was it I know, like, there's some correlation. Uh, coach G is a big fan of Man uh, Man City, and the coach, um, Pep Aguardo, uh, he always, I think Wonderwall plays for Man City games. I, I don't I don't know. I, I, don't I think know. I think that's, like, a tradition for Man mm-hmm. City, and so I think Coach also likes it for us, too. But it's, it's stuck. It's, yeah, it's like, one, awesome. after one home game, Cooper just, like, went into the press box and, like, plugged in his phone, played Wonderwall, and we did that. We've done it every home win since. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. What is the worst way that uh, you've heard a public address announcer pronounce your name? I've I've heard my name is Hershen Bacher. It was pretty funny. I think so. We have another teammate on um, Carson Gratzmacher, and so I think they mixed my name up with mm. that, put them together, and yeah. So that was kind of funny to hear. But yeah, uh, I've gotten some pretty brutal ones before. Most say Guinea because uh, my name looks a lot and like the word Guinea. Like yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty similar, but. Uh, I've heard Gyne before, and also Goonie one time, even though really? there's no O's or anything, but I I don't know how that happened, but it did. I think one time when I was in high school, I had my name announced as uh, Cool, and I was like, <laughs> I'm all right with that. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a pretty sweet last name. Yeah. If Only one letter off. Right. Yeah. Oh, so. right. We should give a shout-out to Will Wears. Yeah, Will Wears, um, yeah, he had a pretty nice goal today. Yeah, Will, we- Will Wears, is a, he's a junior on the team, and everybody loves him. And today he got he got the eighth goal to seal the deal against uh, Cadillac, and it, it was a pretty sweet goal. It was like a, a volley off of a cross. and Backstick sleeves. Yeah. Right after he got punched in the face, and some, some kid punched him in the face and got a red card, yeah. and he came right back in and scored the eighth goal, which was sweet. With so nose bleeding, both of them. Yeah. Just he was he was smiling and there was blood in his teeth and stuff yeah. after the it was yeah. quite the scene. <laughs> but we, everybody was super hyped about it. When he scored it, I mean, like I rushed, I literally immediately rushed the field and I had a little moment where I'm like, oh, should I not be rushing the field? But we had our eighth goal, so the game was over. Yeah, the at game that was point. over. But you know, I, I'm running out to him and I'm about to like go and hug him and give him a high five and everything, and he's got blood all over him. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, gotta, gotta it was pretty him. funny, yeah. But it was pretty funny. They didn't, yeah. they didn't make him come out of the game because of the blood? Oh, uh, well, the game was over. If, oh, well, it, I, I don't I guess it, they probably must not have seen it, like, yeah. Yeah. right when it happened, but it was very visible afterwards. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It, it was... Both nostrils. <laughs> yeah, he so. had to get both, both of them plugged up and everything, but, mm. yeah, shout out to Will Wears. Yeah, because he's he's and, awesome. And the and the student section coming out. That was that was big, yeah. Student was section showed up today. That was sweet. That was fun. So yeah, definitely the most fun game of the the season so far. I would say so far till Tuesday. Till right. Tuesday. Thursday. Yeah. Or Thursday. Or Thursday. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, it'll be a fun game. Have you guys played on that field before? Have you guys have you been over there? No, Not, I've I haven't even like obviously Coast Guard before we played there, but I haven't seen the new setup. Um, I've heard it's cool. I've yeah, I, I haven't I've been, been to the new facility at all. But I'm excited. I to actually see haven't it. either. Yeah. yeah, I drove by it once when it was under construction, but that's about yeah. it. Yeah, I yeah I've been to Coast Guard quite a few times, but not not since not since the renovation, which is actually kind of funny because my dad is a principal at Central, but I still don't know anything about it. Thanks for t- taking time out of your uh, your busy evening after your win over Cadillac. Yeah, and, uh, of course. Thanks for coming on. Good luck on yeah. Thursday. Good luck the rest of the season. Thank you. Uh, we'll hopefully be talking to you after a game here soon. Yeah, Thank you very thank much. Thank you for having us. Yeah. That was awesome. Appreciate it very much. Thanks, guys, for sitting down with us before your big game. That interview is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. So Harrison, that will take us into the chatter that matters. More football, more Traverse City football. Although in a different direction, moving, literally. Moving in a way, in a much different direction. 
rumors have been circulating for a little while now, and things are starting to come together that uh, Traverse City Central and Traverse City West are likely moving to the Saginaw Valley League for football starting next season. So not even like a farewell tour. Right. They're just they're just going. Well, there's a lot of us that kind of know inside it's a farewell tour, but yeah, it is in no way been made public yet. I talked to the, uh, the executive director of the Saginaw Valley League, Mike Thayer, the athletic director at Bay City Western. He said that, yes, an invitation has been extended to Traverse City Central and Traverse City West. As of today, he had not gotten a letter back formally accepting, but they are expecting it within a day or two. He was actually kind of hoping to get it today. Basically, everybody that we've talked about and asked about it has been like, yeah, this is pretty much a done deal. Well, I heard it first from a coach who doesn't play either Central or West is in a smaller school. I won't, you know, name drop that coach or that program just to, <laughs> but l- let me just hammer home. This was a coach that had no reason to know this besides maybe how it affects the other schools in the Big North Conference. And they told me while I was doing uh, camp reviews that this was in the works and uh, very interesting. I mean, it makes sense in a lot of ways, but yeah, it's just kind of like you said, kind of sad that if it, it does really go down that uh, it's kind of quietly going through this final season in the Big North like this. And it's going to have kind of a domino effect on a lot of the schools around here because the, the Northern Michigan Football Conference is the biggest conference around here numbers-wise, you know, numbers mm-hmm. of schools. Enrollment schools, yeah. And it's going to affect that conference because the four remaining Big North Conference schools have already requested to be admitted to the Northern Michigan Football Conference. That has been approved by the athletic directors, although it was not unanimous. The Saginaw Valley League vote also was not unanimous to to extend an offer to Central and West, but still a Wonder who big, enough, those down. big enough majority to, to get it done. So the, the next step for the Northern Michigan Football Conference is to have the superintendents okay it. That would be pretty much official, that they would be adding in Petoskey, Gaylord, Cadillac, Alpena, and forming four divisions. Yeah, so what are you going to call the four? So I don't know if they're going to add another L. I don't know what would we. Well, don't say that out loud. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they'll scr- Maybe when they do this, they'll scrap the legacy leaders and legends. Give them colors. Just or go something. colors. Because yeah. that's how the Saginaw Valley League does. They that's how every have red and blue league does in in Michigan. That's somewhat and, split. And up. some people even call it the North and South, the red and blue for the Saginaw Valley League. But it's you know technically red and blue. But it would create a four-tier division or four-tier conference in the Northern Michigan Football Conference with the those four schools from the Big North Conference and Sault Ste. Marie and Sheboygan. So kind of like the old 1990s Big North Conference. 90s, minus, once West minus was created. City. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, minus Traverse City. I think Ogama Heights would maybe be in there too, who was in the Big North Conference for a few years as well. Yeah, and that won't and be a surprise. And then shift teams around a little bit in those smaller divisions. Well, and that won't be a surprise to NMFL folks. I would think maybe they've spent one off season where no tweaking was done to any divisions since they were created. I bet you, what, 2014, I think? They started 2014, 2015. I guarantee pretty much every off season they've done some shifting and then added a league. Yeah, added somewhere teams, along lost the way. teams because teams going to play eight-player mm-hmm. football. They should just have a Northern Michigan Football Conference eight-player division. They should. Sutton's Bay would like that. Yeah. Poor Norsemen, they're one of the best eight-man teams in the state. They, they haven't had a conference in the last few years. Don't have a conference. They can't win a league championship. They can go to the state championship twice, but they can't win a league. This is going to have a ripple effect, I think, in a lot of schools. And, and again, it's for football only. Yeah. So the Big North Conference will continue to exist in all the other sports as, just as, it, as it has. Just as it does with all the NMFL teams. Yeah. They're, they're all in the Lake Michigans, the Northwests, the Ski Valleys in their respective other yeah. schools. And Traverse City Central, Traverse City West would be moving to the the North or the Red Division of the Saginaw Valley League, which also has Bay City Central, Bay City Western, Midland, Midland Dow, and Mount Pleasant in it. So that would be a seventeen division. The way they configure their schedule is weeks three through nine are your league games, and week one and two are your non-conference games, which they could then do crossover with the other division if they wanted to. Or, West has or to find somebody else. West will have to find a new opening weekend opponent. Yeah, I mean they could play, you know, they could play uh, Grand Blank still, and you know, if we do the, the Coast Guard Cup, Grand Haven, or Grand Haven. Sorry, I've got Grand Blank on the let's mind because Grand Blank is. Let's make up division. a rivalry with West and Grand Blank. What do we call it? Uh, well, Grand Blank is in the blue division of the. Oh yeah. Well, Blue's. we can't mix colors. Can't yeah. do that. They were they were the newest team added to that. This league. isn't a bad batch of laundry here. This is high school football. Can't mix colors. But they could do crossover games those first two weeks or just find their own non-conference opponents. 
I think it may make more sense for the other teams to do crossover games than Traverse City and have to travel well, I, even more. Either way you slice it, add a lot to the travel budget. Yeah, if you go through it though, it's just it's going to be a different era, a lot of changes, and yeah, a lot, lot more difficult for fans who want to go to road games for those schools. It's not that much farther away than a Petoskey or a Gate. Well, definitely. Actually, in a lot of ways, it's probably closer than an Alpena. <laughs> I think it's closer to get to most of those cities than it's, it is to Alpena. It's closer to get to, yeah, to Bay City and Midland is... Like Mount Pleasant's a, only just two. Just a little over two hours. Mount Pleasant is two. And Alpena's two and a half. Yeah, Midland but and Bay City are probably two and a half. If you if you were one of those that went to all the Petoskey, Gaylord, Cadillac games all these years, you'll have to do a little longer of a car ride to go to these other games. Yeah, it's, def- it's definitely going to be a big shift that affects a lot of schools, a lot of our biggest schools in the area. As this comes together, you know, we'll have more stories coming in the paper about, you know, when this becomes official, what the impacts are, what the ramifications are, and, and who all this is going to affect. Because, you know, as we know, the, the Northern Michigan Football Conference is... How many, how many teams are in that now? Eight in the Legends. There's six in the Leaders, and I think there's six in the Legacy. So it's at 20. 20, yeah. Because I think the way that it's going to go in the reconfiguration that they approved last week would be four six-team divisions. So it'd be and so they'd so be up to twenty-four. So they have a lot of stuff to figure out. Change some schedules in a hurry before next season comes along and get that new configuration of that league. I tell you what, after going through 2020, I think schedule reconfiguration doesn't sound anywhere near as challenging as it used to. You know, last year they'd reconfigure everything, not just a schedule for one sport. Mm -hmm. A couple years ago, this might have sounded like quite the headache. Now it sounds like, well, okay, that that shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Just a couple games, some new refs, whatever. Well, the refs are always going to be a... The refs are going to be an interesting situation to schedule around them. As we saw last week when the the Manton Lake City game was moved up a day because of lack of referees. So I asked the referees at that game, I'm like, where are you guys from? And the guy was like, we're all pretty much from the Big Rapids area, aside from one or two guys. One of the guys did not sound happy to be there, so I don't know if that was just like they thought they had the day off and then they had to go up to Manton. I don't know. You know the one I'm talking about? There, there was an argument on one of the calls right before the end of the half, and yeah. the guy insisted that it was not a penalty, even though they dropped a flag for it. And, yeah, he was he was fighting his own ref crew about it, which was – I'd never seen anything <laughs> like that before because he had the best view on it. Mm-hmm. So they didn't – Lake City didn't end up scoring on that drive right there at the end of the half. They got right down the goal line. Um, oh, yeah, they ran out of clock. But that was the first time I'd saw seen one ref really dis- – like, it was like – Opposing players almost argue, oh, no, wait, they're the officials that are on the same team. Obviously, you've had this, the other schools in the Big North Conference affected, too, because they have, are suddenly refugees and had to find their own conference. And the old Kent Conference was really not an option, from what I understand. The only other one that was a possible option was the Central States Activity Association. Mm-hmm. And they would have come in and been immediately all the biggest schools in that conference, so I don't think they wanted that either. Well, so. they're all the biggest schools in this conference. I mean, no, Petoskey, Gaylord, Cadillac, they're the smallest schools in the, in the Big North. In the Big North, yeah. but in the new one. Right, but they're in their, basically their own division. In the CSAA, they would have been the biggest schools, mm. gone into a new conference so that might have been all the biggest might schools. Might have been so. vetoed out then. So I think maybe that, yeah, they may have kind of killed that off a little bit. The dominoes are falling, and we'll we'll see where they end up here in the Pizza? next couple weeks. That is, is chatter that matters. If somebody gives me Domino's Pizza, I'll go to whatever conference they want. That is the Chatter that Matters, sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's, freak yeah. We've got three athletes for the Hall of Fame. We've, first off, we've got Emma Mirabelli in the Traverse City Central Invitational on Saturday. She had six aces, 52 digs, five blocks, pretty good stats, but she had 100 kills. 100. How many, how many, eight, money. How many matches? I, it was a big tournament, so I think they played like five, okay. five still, matches still each or something. Good. That is in those tournaments, day. they only play the best of three. They don't play best of five. So, In the Traverse City Tritons swim meet that we had this week, Avery Bills won all four events that she was in, the 200-yard freestyle, the 500-yard freestyle, and she was also on the 200 and 400 freestyle relay teams that were also victorious in that meet this week. And then we have Braden Steenweich. Plays for Central Lake. Obviously, that's a co-op with Ellsworth. He's an Ellsworth kid. But he uh, counted for every touchdown the Trojans scored 
in an 86-66 to 66 game that tied the MHSA record for most points in an eight-player football game. He threw for 512 yards on 27 of 39 passing with eight touchdowns, and then also ran for one, had 10 tackles, six of which were solo on defense. <laughs> those, are, those are arcade game numbers. As eight man is known to uh, create sometimes. Yeah, I saw Central Lake play last week against Caleb St. Mary, and even though they lost that game, yeah, Steenwijk was still gunslinging. So it doesn't surprise me that he was doing it again the next week. Who do you want to vote for then? I'll go for the swimmer. Coming off the Olympics, winning four events. You know, it's a tough draw. I got a feeling Emma Mirabelli is going to be up there again in future weeks, and uh, I mean, if and Braden, I think will probably be up there in basketball. Or For just sure, in football season. again at or this rate. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I can I'm, see that. I'm going to jump in the pool. All right. I can see that. All Traverse City all the time this episode. Junior Avery Bills, you are in the Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in Northern did Michigan. You, so did, that's your vote then, too? Yep, two for two. I was already trying a to sweep. think of the, the tiebreakers for just two of us. I guess we could have gone to our second place votes. A sweep, just like she swept all those all those events in that meet. Go get a towel, dry off, you're heading to the club. Hall of Fame brought to you by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City at Jimmy John's. They're freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. Trifecta, I think this is a close one to your heart. Probably your heart. You could actually answer this question better than I could. Well, you, it's it's very recent for you. It is. You, you went to Summerfest. But I've probably the seen this band more than you've seen any other band. Probably, because I don't know what your number is. You've told me before, but I can't remember. It how depends how you determine it. Well, I, maybe you should introduce the category. Okay, so the category <laughs> is what band have you seen more than twice in concert like what band will you religiously go to if they are in, in the, the state yeah. or in the area or anything that you're like i'm going i'm going to see them so you went to Summerfest this this weekend in milwaukee in milwaukee yeah shout out to uh milwaukee yeah it took the lake express from the muskegon to milwaukee and never done that before so that was kind of nice to take all that it's a little expensive but it does take a lot of hours off the trip and a lot of mileage out of the car so that mm-hmm. it made it a saturday sunday excursion a lot more doable and yeah Summerfest for those of you who've never been or never heard about it I mean that is a pretty cool experience right there in downtown Milwaukee right on the lakefront they've got built-in mini amphitheaters there and great set it's like it's basically like a fair or a, a yeah a county fair with musicians I never see I don't even know really how to describe it because I'd never been to a music festival before that on that size at least with big name acts so I got to check that out for the first time, and I guess that's probably how they all are. Obviously, you got to have food and, and uh, other side things. They had a great, like, BMX trick show going on while people were waiting. But, yeah, tons of great artists. I was there to see my boys, 311, who you can hear every week on the pod at the outro to the, the uh, interviews. That's 311 running from the album Transistor for anybody who's ever wondered what song that is. But, yeah, I saw them. So how would you determine this, James? I've been to 311 Day 2016. It was over two nights. So does that count as one or two shows? I would say, that, one, counts, I'd say that counts as two. It was one they event. They were separate days. Yes, they were separate days. Yeah. Two separate concerts, but it was one event. It was 311 Day I 2016. As, I would count that as Whereas two. a previous 311 Day was one day that I went to. But they're getting older now, so they had to... So if you count that as two, that means when you and I went to 311 two summers ago in Mount Pleasant, that would have been show 11, which means I just saw them for the 12th time. So, that since, is, since 2007, impressive. so 12 times in 14 years. And you said you haven't seen any other band more than twice. Not purposely. Yeah. I might have, like, overheard a band at something else for the second time. but Yeah, or they were an opener or something. Like, the Dirty Heads were openers a couple times. Yes, yeah, openers I feel like shouldn't count, because I'm not going for them. But, yeah, I've heard a couple of the same yeah. openers twice. Unless you went because you liked the opener as well, maybe. That I, I think that well, a couple year one year they toured with Snoop Dogg. There you go. Snoop Dogg actually opened for them one year, which is crazy to think. That is crazy. Uh huh. They had the Offspring go with them a couple summers. I didn't. I didn't go to one of those shows. They did um, a good show. Um, what's the other band I'm thinking of? Insane in the Membrane, Cypress Hill. Cypress Hill. Yeah, oh, I did I've see them a couple times. I did go to that con- that that show when they opened for them. So yeah, they had some decent name acts. They were supposed to tour with Incubus last summer. And do a giant countrywide 50 states yep, in 50 days, that but happen, that did but not happen. But yeah, that's my kind of one my ride or die band. I like live music a lot. Uh, I don't know how much I'd go out of my way to see certain artists, but that's why I liked Summerfest, is because they had a lot of cool names, like all sprinkled out all over the Yeah, the you fields. saw a bunch of bands. What, what all you had to you do? See? Well, Filter was playing when I walked in mm-hmm. for 90s rock music fans. Living Color is a really entertaining band. Mm-hmm. Cult of Personality is their big hit, but. 
caught the end of their set. ZZ Top was playing as well that night. I, they were the same time as 311, so I didn't catch them. But for all of you pop fans, Kesha was there that night. Her stage was packed. We couldn't even get close enough. After, after the 311 set wrapped up, we couldn't even close enough to see Kesha. We had to see her on the screens. So my one buddy's kind of a big Kesha fan, so we went and caught the, the tail end of that. So, yes. mm-hmm. I mean, she's popular. There's tons of people there, and I thought that girl was nothing for the last decade mm-hmm. besides her first album. So she's, she's still got a pretty hardcore fan base. Yeah. Brett Eldridge, I think he's a famous country guy. He was there that night. So, yeah. I mean, and this goes over three weeks. Well, this year it does. I think it's different because it's normally in June, July. But, yeah, they bring in a lot of... Big name. Yeah, it goes for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they bring in a lot of big names. I've me- intended to go to and have never. I, I recommend if you if you see a night where you two artists are you and they can make both shows work based mm-hmm. on the schedules, I would totally totally go and check it out because it's a very cool vibe down there. Yeah, I, I, we do like going to various rock festivals and stuff. You know, we've gone to we went to Rock USA a couple years ago. We'd go down to Common Ground down in Lansing. Mm-hmm. Common Ground. Stuff like that. Rothbury was a music festival before it turned into Electric Forest. And then we'd see, we'd see a lot of shows at Streeters before it got sold, and now it's a church. Church of Rock. So for me, the one that I've seen the most, they're not necessarily my favorite band, but they are a band that I really like. Because um, a couple of times I've seen them, they were, they were openers. Were you intending to see them then? Well, the first time I saw them, did you, okay, I, did I you barely knew were, who they were. Did you know they were? Okay. I, I, know who, I knew who they were because they had just released one uh, one single at the time. Like, they were just coming out. I think if you they say Hoobastank, I'm going to be very upset. No. I've, I have seen them once. I think I have, too. Only once. So um, who's your But band? this is this is, uh, is Shinedown. I've, Shine I've seen Shinedown eight times. All right. Uh, I know of Shinedown. If you count one time when I saw where their lead singer and their guitarist played an acoustic show. Sure. Uh, at least point five. But, but I saw them at Streeters like when they had just released "Fly from the Inside," which is their their first hit, and they were opening up for um, Power Man Five Thousand, I believe it was. Mm, that's in deep. that in that show. But they were really good. And then a couple weeks later, they were they came back as the headliners. Well, and Shinedown's been here at the Cherry Festival, haven't they? Yes. Yep. I saw them at the Cherry Festival back in seventeen mm-hmm. when they had Greta Van Fleet opening up for them. Wow, that had to be a good show. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was when Greta Van Fleet was just getting, just getting big. started. Yeah, yeah. And, and they were already known at least around here because they got bigger here, obviously than than nationally. But so Shine Down is at eight. My second would be six with Allison Chains. I've seen six times. Another old school band. Never here in Traverse City because you got to go to see them. But I've seen them in Detroit, Milwaukee, South Dakota, at the casino in Mount Pleasant. What were you doing in South Dakota? A friend of mine and I went. We wanted to go see Alice in Chains because it was just after they had kind of reformed with the new singer. That was the closest they got and to Michigan. No, it wasn't the closest. We were looking at they they played in Chicago on that tour, but we were looking at we were like, ah, and, you know, Chicago. The ticket prices were ridiculous for Chicago. They were like a hundred some dollars for nosebleeds or something. It was in a huge, it's a huge stadium or something. So we were looking at the other spots on other stops on their tour. And they were playing at the Sturgis Bike Rally. And so we looked at it, and we looked at it, we were like, where are they playing at the Sturgis Bike Rally? And it was at this campground. And if you buy a ticket to stay at the campground for the whole week during Sturgis Bike Rally, it's like 120 bucks or something like that to be able to camp for the whole week there. Mm-hmm. They bring in, they have a concert every night. Like, they have their own amphitheater at this campground, and they have a concert every night. So we got to see Alice in Chains one night. We got to see like Buck Cherry, Leonard Skinner, Buck Kid Cherry Rock. was there the other night too. Yeah, <laughs> I knew uh, there was another name in there. Yeah, Gretchen Wilson, which is a country act, but she was really good. James Gang, Blue Oyster Cult. Like, you just got to see a bunch of different. Shoot, what year was this? Oh, uh, that was in like oh six, two thousand six. And then what was cool is on the way back, we were driving home, and we're driving through Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and we were like, we needed to crash, so we were going to get a hotel in Sioux Falls. And we pull into town, and we see this sign for this county fair or state fair or whatever that they're having in Sioux Falls, and it says, Playing Tonight, Alice in Chains. So we went and <laughs> walked up to a show at a county fair and saw Alice in Chains Wait, two nights in a row. So you went out to the Sturgis thing. Oh, to, okay. Yeah, oh, they, they played the last night of Sturgis. Oh. They played the last night of Sturgis. So, so that we was Alice in Chains Day. Yeah. So then 2006. We, yeah. So we saw them on back-to-back nights. So that was pretty sweet. I'm nerdy enough that I actually have a list of the concerts. That well, you seen. are you are a music and beer guy. If anybody who knows you, like, those are your two favorite things outside of 
outside of sports outside of sports yeah that's kind of your what you're known for what you what you go to is and I, I'm I'm basically simplified down to I'm like a 311 guy it's, it's not even like a music guy I'm just known mm. for being obsessed with 311 which I'm perfectly okay with because in my mind music was cool before I heard them and then I heard them it just made me appreciate it on a whole nother like what it does for yeah. me yeah and that concert that we went to seen yeah that was, you want you tag along which was great that was honestly like one of my favorite things that I can take friends who respect music like yourself and I know you've heard 311 before, but to actually have you sit amongst their live experience and just see what kind of show they put on, you know, that's always a yeah. fun part and of it, Yeah, and that was too. a pretty cool venue. I mean, the in, indoors in the casino at Mount Pleasant. Well, that got moved. Not, it was originally supposed to be outdoors. Yeah. They didn't have enough ticket sales. So I got moved inside. It was kind of a little, little maybe more intimate. Yeah. And everything. We yeah. were able to get reasonably close. Seats. Yeah. That was deep, a fun, you know, it was a fun little, uh, I think it was like right before July 4th. Yeah, because I remember it was pretty hot. Because I remember driving there and back, we drove with the windows down. Oh, yeah. And we were just well, cranking I up music. I the windows down in my car. You don't crank up the AC? No Not AC for it's you? really hot. I'm looking through my list of other bands that I've seen. I was going like, to say, is there anybody that's more than three? Because knowing you, I'm sure there's a ton that's three. There's a, f- there's a few that's three. Okay, let's see. Four. Uh, Buckcherry is four times. A couple times of those that have been <laughs> open. Should have come to Summerfest. They've you could have got Buckcherry for five and 311 for two. Drowning Pool, four times. Wow. And their lead singer is no longer with us. Hail, Hailstorm five times, Kid Rock five times, but some. I mean, he played at Sturgis. I don't know if you he, want to brag he played at a. He played at a. He's played at a couple of shows that I've seen him at, where I wasn't necessarily going there to see Kid Rock specifically, but he was also playing there. Like he opened for Metallica one time when I saw Metallica. Mm. That was five times. Meta- I've seen Metallica four times because they're a little harder to see. Nine point four. Have you ever seen six, ACDC? Otherwise six. I have not. Puddle of Mud four. Raw for is ACDC maybe a little before you as far as re- enjoyment of it because they were so big in the eighties. No, I like their stuff. Okay, yeah, no, they were like they were kind of right in in my wheelhouse, and they you know they've released so much stuff over such a long time. I think as far as rock goes, one of the ones I still and thank you anybody who's still listening to this because now I just feel like it's me and James just shooting the shooting their stuff, but. Uh, Chili Peppers. They're always really expensive tickets, but I feel like I should go to a Chili... I would yeah. love it if I knew going in they would play older stuff, but I know they're going to go through their Greatest Hits catalog, and obviously it's super popular, so that's why, but mm-hmm. I just wish I could go where I would guarantee hear half of their 80s on. They have five albums from the 1980s. Oh, I've seen Seven Dust five times. Seven Dust is a Seven really Dust. good band. If you like hard rock and somebody who puts on a very good show, energetic, just from the get-go to the end, uh, Seven Dust is a great band to see live. Seven Dust. Named after a uh, pesticide. Static X five times, including not so too just long before he passed Let's wrap by. this up. Not only are you in 12 fantasy leagues, just give a guess just to compare to people at home because I guarantee you're probably near the top. How many concerts do you think you've been to? For me, I've probably been to about 20-ish, 12 of those being 311. Uh, it's, it's over 100 at least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when Streeters was here, we'd go all the time, like multiple times a month. Mm-hmm. We were just going to, going to concerts. You know, sometimes it'd be like we well, only knew we only knew one song from that band or something like that, but the tickets were like twelve dollars. Right. Like, oh, well, and for some people downstate, it's a lot easier to go. But yeah, yeah, so up here in northern selection. Michigan, especially if you're being selective about who you're seeing, yeah, it's a little more of a commitment. So. I mean, yeah, I understand Struders was here for so long, but that's still, I mean, you just admitted you drove out to South Dakota for, of course, I went to New Orleans and Vegas for 311 days, so we're kind of on the same page as far as That's really the only time I've gone intentionally out of state to see a concert. I've seen a bunch of concerts in Milwaukee when we were visiting my wife's family in Wisconsin. We've never been to Summerfest. And stuff, but we've never been actually to Summerfest yet. I think you got to make that a bucket list thing. If you go to Milwaukee, there's a really good concert venue called The Rave that I would recommend seeing a concert at. Just it's it's a nice venue. A lot of times the band doesn't have an opener and they just play an extra long set. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us for Rock Weekly, boys and girls. We'll see you next week with our guest Alex Alice Cooper to talk more about Milwaukee. Milwaukee. The good land. Algonquin for The Good Land. I was not aware of that. With that, that is the end of episode 189. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week. We're out.